And you're on. Hey, welcome to uh, uh, D and D, old school D and D, with uh, Walt and Nick. And we're getting ready for the show tomorrow. As you know, we're entering the Shattered Seas section, and we're talking about our new Wargate campaign. So that'll be really interesting. But what we wanted to talk about today is there was an article that just came out, and Walt and I were discussing it, and we were like, you know what? Let's take this discussion to everybody, and and because it's it's going to be popular about D and D, basically this. Stanford professor uh, basically came out and wrote a paper that Dragon, Dungeons and Dragons is racist. And of course, you know, campus reform and, and uh, wired and all these people, you know, picked it up. So it's an issue. And, you know, what do you think, Walt? Should we talk about it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we can dig deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We can. First off, how, how about I just go ahead and read the article? So it's really short. So everybody can, you know, know what's going on. And basically, um, a Stanford University professor argued that the popular table game Dungeons and Dragons table game has racist undertones. His name is Antero Garcia, a professor at Stanford's Uni Graduate School of Education Studies, quote unquote, how technology and gaming shape youth learning, literacy practices, and civic identities. That sounds like fun, right? One of his most <laughs> recent studies explores quote unquote, this is me doing the quote unquotes, just so you know, like the Dr. Evil thing, learning and literacies in tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and how participatory, participatory culture shifts classroom relationships and instruction according to his faculty profile. Now, see, this article is now peaking me because apparently at college, there was actually a class that said, come play D&D &D 101. And I would have been so down with that. I would have fallen. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. He provided Wired, uh, which is an online publication, with an inside look at his forthcoming study of Dungeons and Dragons fans, not players, but fans, explaining that the fantasy board game is, you heard it, wait for it, racist in nature. Um, here's where I'm going to have my first you know, disagreement. Is the game racist? I think we've got an attack against that. Or is what he really saying, and I think this is the darker implication, you are racist for playing it. According to Wired, Garcia said the player's distrust of player characters, uh, uh, of a player character who was role-playing as a tiefling. And I've actually, you know, uh, full disclosure, I have actually never played in any game with a tiefling. I think that's kind of after my time. I'm an old school D&D &D guy. I know that there were new races that came along. I've never really understand. I think they're, you can hit me. What's a tiefling, Walt? So uh, a tiefling is a, uh, a person who is half human or some part human, uh, but has uh, what the games. Now, they never say half human, half whatever. Right. Uh, they, they, always, <laughs> they always make a point to say um, uh, they always make a point to say um, uh, infernal heritage. So at some point there was a demon in the woodpile. OK. Um, and, and yeah. you know, they they're they're not like you know you would expect like a like a half demon thing to be right. you know like super powerful or whatever right. they're not you know but they but they have some traits that make them stand out and yeah. you know that's that's so that's, is the article implying that like the infernal regions are chicago detroit like i don't ever remember that in any kind of like D &D, no. like you know like when you are making the plane of hell you know in the city of brad <laughs> <laughs> it looks exactly like Detroit. Like, I don't think, you know, but maybe here's the dividing line. Um, old school D&D &D isn't racist. 
maybe new school D&D is racist. Well, I mean, I, I think I think part of the problem is that um, rather than uh, look at an uncomfortable subject right. and dissect it through the course of the game so that people can maybe learn, um, be inspired to change, do do anything that would be a positive uh, a positive interaction with that game coming from that uncomfortable subject. And we've seen role-playing games have very, very positive effects on guys in the VA with post-traumatic stress disorder to help them deal with the effects of uh, their combat stressors. We've seen it with uh, young children. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a great game that's being used right now called No Thank You Evil that is marketed to children, but it's also been, been used by several therapists to um, uh, kind of help kids who have been traumatized. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we've seen that role-playing games have an amazing uh, effect of being able to allow people to work through, talk through, uh, play through their stressors and become not okay with it, but I mean, so that you're not, you know, crying in a, in a fetal position in the corner. Right. Um, and I think part of the problem comes in, hey, Lord Dalius. Oh man, I love this guy. He's, he, he comes <laughs> in on every show. Um, I think part of the problem that we have uh, coming from this article is he says that the uh, you know uh, these people are typically ghetto dwellers. Well, let, let, first of all, let's dissect what he's talking about. Okay, when you're talking about a ghetto, you're usually talking about an area that is predominantly a single race or or um, is kept in by a race that is ostracized from the rest of that culture for whatever reason. Um, if you read the actual description on uh, <laughs> Captain Kilkocha, Moe, uh, <clears throat> if you read the description of the tiefling race, people in most of the fantasy settings where these things come in, especially like Forgotten Realms, they know that they, are, they have demonic heritage. Okay. So um, they're often ostracized where they only find acceptance in places like um, on the streets and homeless uh, communities, uh, you know, in, in single demographic areas where um, they might be more accepting because they, are, they themselves are ostracized, right? right. So once again, you're saying, you know, it, it goes back to what you were just saying a second ago, you know, are, is the game racist or are you racist? And yeah. I think that, that this researcher, which uh, uh, if you got time to do D&D research for yeah. no other thing than to just see what it does, um, you, you got way too much time in your hands. But I mean, if, if he had done the research and seen how the positive effect this has had on those other communities and seen that um, if you are part of this, this race or culture or whatever, um, you can, you know, you can work through that that instance of, say, racism or uh, demagoguery or what, what, whatever it is. Um, yeah. You know, you can find a positive message in in some of that, or find some sort of a positive positive uh, outcome of working through that through the game. Right. You know, so I, I think I think this researcher has missed a huge because I mean even even the article on D and D Beyond, which is uh, Wizards of the Coast's kind of like their online wiki slash gaming space. Um, Wizards of the Coast has even said these people are often ostracized by different communities and will find solace in outcast communities. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the, often part of the hero's journey, like absolutely read fiction and things like that, like. It's usually the hero, Luke Skywalker type hero's journey coming up against the establishment. It has nothing to do with race. It could have something to do with race. It could have something to do with economic factors. 
all those things, but that's the hero starts in adversity. And I don't know what he's expecting out of, you know, um, you know, a game where a, a character doesn't like, are you just supposed to start with all the bells and whistles and the plus five, you know, Holy Avenger in, in the one hand and the plus three uh, Frostbrand in the offhand? Like, is that is that what will overcome racism? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, so we were talking just before the show and, uh, you know, I mentioned that I'm about as Heinz 57 as you can get. You know, I mean, and and I I actually um, I have chased and am still chasing the American dream in that I I, I came in very poor. Um, you know, my my mom was divorced at an early age. My father went to prison at an early age. Um, you know, I if there was a if there was a uh, like a, um, a poster boy for the guy that should have ended up in jail, right? It, it should have right. been me. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, and I grew up in one of those areas, just like this, just like this, this character that you see on screen, the tiefling, you know, um, I, I'm of a mixed race, you yeah. know, I, I, my half of my family's from the Mediterranean and half of my family is from uh, like middle Europe. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's it, it some, at some point, you know, <laughs> there was some mixing and matching going on and I'm not, I'm not all white, but I'm not all Brown and I'm not all you know this or that or whatever and you know technically do i have a people i can call my own yes the united states army yes <laughs> you exactly. know and you you talked to me about you know uh as you began to play D D, and i think you had some initial language problems with with you know oh yeah i didn't speak and, english and D &D well. helped you to work through those things yes. and even get to play other races or other classes but you know did race have anything to do with that? Like, you know, he goes on here to say, he says, you know, according to Wired, Garcia said the player's distrust of a player character who was role-playing as a tiefling, a humanoid character that lives in ghettos, just like you said, Walt, was inherently prejudiced. That hasn't been my experience, you know, in, in, in playing. Usually most people don't, like, usually, here's how most games work. Um, if someone's playing an elf or a dwarf, the other players are when you like when you need to find secret doors, when you need to detect how far you are down underground, the other players are looking at your character and being like, oh, you you have that special ability. You can see in the dark. You have infravision. That sounds like actually using race positively. Um, yeah, I bet you could dig deep and find a game where people are are absolutely insane. But just back to your experience, Walt. D and D kind of helped you to 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 grow to I don't know what's the right word acclimatize to America or whatever, but it helped you to blend in and work through some of your issues. And not only that, um, uh, especially some of the gaming I did in the army. Um, uh, so it was uh, two white guys, a Filipino guy, uh, myself, uh, and uh, a, a half black, half Mexican dude. And the only time race came into anything was when everybody was running downstairs for the pizza, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. It, 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 yeah, we didn't care, you know, as long as you were a good dude, you know, sit down, roll some dice, have some fun, you know, and then we'll work through some of the issues that, you know, wh whatever. And that's, and that's kind of what gaming has been. I mean, yeah, I could say know. in 40, in 40 years of off and on gaming through D and D and sort of a Renaissance of it in my own life, I have never encountered anything in D&D, &D, Top Secret, Traveler, uh, anything 
And those were all people of different races that I played with. I grew up in Southern California. It's a very mixed uh, mixed sort of melting pot of people. No one was ever racist to anybody. Nobody, you know, nobody ever, uh, because because the, the African-American kid who looked like Prince, and sometimes who I think might've actually been Prince, <laughs> my ass at Starfleet battles, I never, I never, you know, like was was angry at him because he was black or anything like that. I was angry at him because he shot up my entire Cal, uh, uh, Federation cruiser, and and I had mad respect for him for doing that. But so he goes on to say um, about this group that he was studying, you know, that were getting college credits to play D and D. Apparently, they were all friends, but they knew expectation was to be suspicious. Asserted, you know, Garcia, that relationship is racism. Okay, you're at a college which is completely, you know, left woke, overrun right now. Of course, everything is racism now. I mean, if you're watching the news, uh, the cafeteria is racist, the dorms are racist, all the college courses are racist. So now you've basically, and you're you're known to be this kind of professor, and so now you're 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 putting somehow the the unobjective lens of of not not wokeism, not racism. And asking people to play a game and immediately highlight. I mean, I can only think that this game must have been a dumpster fire. Um, Garcia also recently explained to the Los Angeles Times, a beacon of fair and truthful reporting, if there ever was one, that the creators of Dungeons and Dragons have updated the game due to recent developments in race relations. Then he goes on to say, quote unquote, over the summer, in light of the protests and the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Those, those, are, those things happened. Those are both narrative. Uh, the police in both instances have their side and the people who were uh, uh, ultimately had their lives ended have their side. Um, I don't think murder is part of that, but you could frame it that way if you want this, if you want to now run down D&D. People started looking at race representation in D&D. They just started. They just saw two people get quote unquote, murdered by the police during uh, uh, hostile situations, both that involved weapons and dangerous high tensions. And they they said, let's look at D&D now, uh, because everybody in, I think Breonna Taylor lived in Texas and George Floyd lived in, I forget the state. Um, but of course, they're, they're basically saying these people were playing D&D. Uh, and that's why we should be looking at it. Um, they were looking at the ways that orcs and dro are represented in ways that make playing the game to some inherently racist. Uh, orcs are treated as, and this is in the article, orcs are treated, orcs are evil fictional creatures often depicted with dark skin. Not true. Uh, well, if you can throw up that graphic and let's just run over and look at one of the earliest instances. Um, I'm going to go, where do I need to be? I'm going to be over here. Uh, one of the earliest instances um, in which D&D represented the orc, this is from 82. This is basically, if you're you know down with the history of Dungeons and Dragons, this is where you know, D&D is effectively really coming into its own. It's leaving the first edition era. There was still a little overlap here. Um, but you know they, they began to pay for some high profile marketing. They hired this artist to do this stuff. They were, you know, they were moving into the Frazetta school. This is when D&D is really coming online. They're setting the tone. They're telling you what D&D is all about. So you can see that graphic and it says known org tribes, including the following, the vile rune, the bloody head, the death moon, the broken bone, the evil eye, leprous hand, rotting eye, dripping blade. Um, 
check me if I'm wrong. I'm not down with street gang affiliations, but so far MS-13, the Crips and the Bloods have not used any of these <laughs> names, right? So no, no racism there. Um, but then they do us this favor uh, that they did 40 years ago. They go on to describe what orcs look like. Orcs are particularly disgusting because of their, their, their coloration. Brown, uh-oh, or brownish green. I don't know any African-American people who are brownish green. With bluish sheen. Okay, that's an unusual. So, so basically you're telling us they're brown, green, and blue. Um, that's, that, you know, yeah, you're getting into a color shade, but let's go a little bit further. And they say, this highlights that they're pinkish snouts and ears. Okay, black people don't have pinkish snouts and ears. They don't have snouts and none of these things are pinkish. Their bristly hair is dark brown or black, sometimes with tan patches. No, that's, that's not black people have what they've described as kinky hair or curly hair, not bristly. Bristly think um, like, like a, like a, like a warthog, right? Like that's bristly. That's not, that's not Afro curls or anything like that. Even their armor tends to be unattractive. Well, now we're just getting into fashion statements and personally, <laughs> this guy has cool armor. I'd wear that armor. Um, orcs favor unpleasant colors in general. So there there's D and D basically, you know, putting the stamp on, what orcs are and they reinforce this you go look at keep on the borderlands and i think those are orcs or hobgoblins on b1 and and you can tell so this guy's reaching right oh yeah oh yeah and and, and you're if you want to get uh if you want to get eyes on something today mm -hmm. um you either tie it to something political or you tie yeah. it to something racial and I think that's a huge problem. Um, recently, a bunch of people posted, uh, you know, the the fam very famous now Morgan Freeman interview, where he was like, "Would you just cut it out? Just, yeah. just stop it. Why can't you? Can I be Mr. Freeman and you be Mr. So and So?" Yeah, you it's know, been a, it's been a hard year on everybody. A lot of people have been forced inside. D and D, like obviously, what we do on Fridays, where we all game basically over a Zoom style app, which is what people are doing. I've even actually been in corporate meetings with publishing. And, you know, I've showed up with, you know, uh, my game, my player's name in the, in the title. And they're like, you play D&D. &D. And they're like, I play D&D. &D. We're all having <laughs> fun playing D&D. &D, but yeah. now we're being told you need to be ashamed about playing D&D because &D. the game, see what we just did in, in pointing that out. The game isn't racist. What this dude is doing is he's saying you're racist. Right. And your fun needs to be, you know, dialed down. He says in here, there's strong evidence of the benefits of having a healthy recreational opportunities. Oh, thanks. As long as it's okay by you. It's something that isn't built into our society, said the professor who piloted the course. That makes no sense because, you know, I, I think women have activities. I won't speak for women, but I know they do. But I can speak for men. If you give us any free time, we will pick up a rock and make a game out of it. We'll pick up a ball. We will do, you know, like the, the, the desire to recreate among people is, is like, it's the hardwired DNA. Like, you know, we'll even turn like killing mosquitoes into a game. If you get one of those rubber band shotguns, um, making time for hobbies can help reduce stress. Thanks. Improve health. Yes. He's absolutely right. And performance in other areas such as work, family, and school. But what he's basically saying is you really need to be hovering over racism in this. Uh, the entire time, you can't really be playing. You have to be watching your pronouns. You have to be worried about why you're wiping those orcs out. And we go back to, in our in our Friday D&D &D game, we 
we have the privilege of playing with one of the original creators of, of D&D. And he's, you know, we've talked about this issue with him and Gary Gygax, the designer. And he was of the, of the of, you know, D&D is created for the players to go fight monsters. What articles like this try to do is they try to blur that line. And where it leads to is the players are no longer going to get treasure. They're now going down into the dungeon to start a rescue mission, you know, and to explain to the orcs why they're disenfranchised. And, you know, like maybe now you're going to do some Antifa, Antifa style, you know, agitating in Greyhawk against the creators. And that doesn't sound like any fun. What sounds like fun is going down into the dungeon, killing orcs and getting a plus three frost brand. That's, that sounds like fun and having a good time with your friends and overcoming those obstacles and not being worried about this bullshit that you're somehow a racist for doing this. And here's what I would say. Maybe the players aren't racist and I know the game's not racist, but maybe when you write articles like this, you're actually the racist. Yeah. You're and the one. Who's, yeah. I so. mean, the, the thing is too, like if you look all around the gaming community, yeah. Right. There is a bunch of people who really love this game and they yeah. are um, they are from all walks of life. Like, for example, um, one of the guys, he's like one of my gaming idols. I love this guy. I love hearing him talk. I love his products. I own his entire. Now, he came out when Pathfinder was big and stuff like that. And when when uh, D&D three point like seven, five or whatever it was, was coming around, um, he did. He decided he was going to make his own campaign setting. And it was like the coolest, coolest thing at the time. I bought everything he'd come out with and I read it while I was in Iraq. And I just it was one of those things where now when I look back at Iraq or like when I find one of the old Neo Exodus books when I'm going through my stuff, because yeah. he's since come out with like another edition and blah blah blah. But his races had so much flavor. His yeah. political factions made sense. Um it was kind of like um um if the X-Men had been done in D D a little bit. And yeah. you know, and it was it was so much fun and so powerful in the games that we got to play in that in that setting. Um I am immensely thank you to Mr. Port uh, uh, thankful to Mr. Porter for because he's just a fantastic human being, you know, and yeah. he's opinionated and you know, he's got his own D D uh like his own uh, show that he does on the road sometimes when he's when he's going to pick up his kids and stuff. But I mean yeah. just just absolute you know, like super dude who, who's who's done. Uh, <laughs> Lord Daly is saying, "Huzzah, gamers!" And of course, a little bit ago, I think you were reading, you missed it. But Josh said that isn't how you play D and D, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, Lewis is just an, 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 a fantastic, fantastic human being. And like, if you're really into science fiction, um, you know, uh, somebody who has taken like the D and D and like pushed it in new directions and stuff like that. Uh, there's a fantastic, super, super, super cool human being. Uh, his name is Steve, Steve Kenson. Uh, he works for a company called green running publishing. Um, and you know, he's done his own stuff. Uh, he's got his own games and stuff like that, but, um, he just recently did the, uh, the expanse role-playing game. Oh, wow. Um, and once again, this is not a, this is not a person that you would peg, that you would point a finger mm -hmm. at and, yeah. and be like, you're a racist because right. as far from racist as you can get, you know, right. is, is Mr. Kenson. And yeah. when you talk to him, personable, polite, well-spoken, um, always makes time like, you know, to, to answer his fans and stuff like that. I mean, w w why all of a sudden is yeah. it, it seems to me that um, the person who wrote this article, 
um, is doing this as a way to either justify his position at the college yeah. or um, trying to t tap into a hot button um, or a hot topic uh, that is kind of fun and everybody's kind of working around. Because like you said, we're all trapped in the house right now. Uh, right. My, my wife uh, was just battling cancer. And she, um, she, um, I mean, we, we couldn't risk going anywhere. So as, as much as she was trapped in the house, so was I, because the only thing we could really do is like walk the dog outside, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, but and you were like, how, how about going through the Thracia mega dungeon? How about that? <laughs> right. But yeah. She wouldn't do that now, <laughs> but I mean, uh, oh, Hey, I know that guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, and D and D is a way that you know, with this great technology that we can link up with each other, you know, to get and yep, another country heard from. Um, yeah, we get together and we can actually have uh, have some fun while we're trying to keep our sanity yeah. because we're you know we're all locked up, locked in, and locked out. Yeah, I would say like you know D and D gamers, uh, you, you have to understand the history, and this is going way back to a lot of the eighties. You have to understand, we've already had it tough enough. We had the moral majority panic, the satanic panic. But here's a thing that you guys don't know. You knew people like, spoiler, D&D wasn't always cool. And, and it's, so it's really true. It's, like, like, so we had to like, if you were like, I was a swimmer and a baseball player. So I had to have two lives. I had to have jock life. And then I had to have secret sneak over to gamer store and game life. So, you know, it's only recently that I've gotten to come out of the closet, you know, and <laughs> just embrace that. So I would just say to dudes like this and everybody in general, and, and there's the crowd that's going to like, I predicted a long time ago that the new sort of wizards of the coast, that they would self cancel, that they would like, they would take an article like this and say, yeah, D and D is really problematic. We have to cancel. And as much as I'd like that to happen, because I, I feel that, you know, they've lost their way with D and D. I don't want it to happen. I don't want people to feel ashamed of this. I just enjoy your jam, whatever it is. Stop giving people a hard time about racism. It has nothing to do with this game. If you want to say the only good orc is a dead orc, it has nothing to do with African-American people. It has everything to do with the fact that orcs are dicks. They come, <laughs> to, they, they come, to, your, they come to your farm, they burn it down, they kill your mom, and you know they go and eat poison ham in their cave. And there's a wizard at the edge of the edge of town in the, in the seediest bar, and he'd like you to go out there and wipe them out. Not because they're racist, because there's a magic staff down in there with a the pool and a talking naga. And what a great first adventure that is. And you shouldn't be sitting there thinking about race issues. You should be just having a blast. And if you're really concerned, give the orcs Scottish accents or German accents, we can always call those people, you know, like racist, they don't care. You know, the Scottish especially don't care. They're, they're just drunk all the time. The Germans, you know, they're, they're the Germans. Like if that's your jam, just, you know, don't do that. But like, if you want to give them a, a born on the bayou voice or whatever, or you want to make them sound like, you know, like, like, like the Warhammer orcs and things like that, you're not being racist. And, and you should you like, generally the D and D culture should say, Hey, you know, thanks for trying to draft on our hobby, but take a hike. We're all just going to have fun. And yeah, you're going to re. you know, I, I, I've, I've been around people in D and D who this is important to them. And you know what I do is I don't lecture them. I don't like jump in and say, you know, you're, you're being a scold. I, I sometimes understand that they're working through their issues. And I guess what I think should come back is the reciprocation of 
if you see someone playing D&D, quote unquote, the wrong way, then that's your problem. It's yeah, not their yeah. problem. Like, you know, and, and Gary Gygax was big about that. Like, think of how games are now and how rigid they are. And think of how D&D let us homebrew the shit out of everything and even built it into the rules and the randomness. They didn't say you have to buy Lost Realms or, or you know, that's new D&D now. But like that, the the original DMG like so encouraged you homebrewing, and and playing your jam and everything like that, and that's that's what that's my thought. You know, I, I, anytime I, I I see these people online that are advocating for separating further separating a group, yeah. I always have two questions. Uh, number one, if you're trying to separate us, um, what are you actually trying to accomplish? Right. Uh, by distracting us by the separation. Yeah. The other thing I want to ask is um, I'm 12 years old. I've just gotten the shit beat out of me by a bunch of dudes who called me a bunch of racist names and then threw, tied my shoes together and then threw them up into the power lines. Right. Yeah. Where were you and all this concern when I was getting my ass handed to me? And then felt like crap because I was walking home with bare feet on like rocks and stupid shit, right? I can tell you who was there. Those kids who who picked me up and helped me play D and D, those were the kids that were there. And not once, even though they didn't look like me, they didn't sound like me, they didn't act like me. Not once did they ever make me feel like I wasn't part of the group, and yeah. that there was anybody out there that shouldn't be part of the group now the old school dnds were dnd nerds were already ostracized they just wanted more players and you know these guys were ostracized because of their their math scores the av audio club i mean just go back and look at like put in and google search like 80s dnd group you are not seeing any clan movements there <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I would say, like, you're not you know, even seeing like, any muscle tone any muscle tone um but I felt bad for you all when telling that story. Cause like in the army, if you don't know, there's a tradition when you ETS and I did not do this. Um, you take your boots and you tie them and you throw them over the telephone wire so that someone has to go out there and get them. Is that really? <laughs> so that must have been like reliving that pain for you. Every oh. time someone ETS. <laughs> oh my God. No, I just, I just, I used to just walk by and be like, yeah, it's a good thing I work for who I work for. Cause I don't have to go up there and get those boots. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that like what I, what I suspect is that like the local off post pawn shop was going around at night and picking those up. And then so then you saw the smart guy start to paint them silver. Yeah, I mean, you know, as as far as this article goes, though, yeah. I mean, it'll be a it'll be a blip on the radar for all the 30 seconds. Everybody will be up in arms about it. And then that'll be yeah. that, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day. We're not going to stop playing, and and we're, and we're not going to ostracize anybody at the table. And at no point do we ever feel like, you know, the orc, the hobgoblin, the tiefling that they represent somebody in yep. the real world. Because at the end of the day, it's a fantasy. It's a it's make believe, you know. And and these to to actually fabricate a huge study like this right. to give uh, <laughs> uh jr uh except calves cows because f that guy <laughs> and now he's saying sweet let's roll some dice i mean because at the end of the day i mean we just want to get together and play some dice you yeah. know roll some dice have some adventures have some fun because i mean think about it right 
if they're going to come after D&D, they also have to go after the video game industry. They have to go after the movie industry. They have to go after all other industries that uh, that can be said to have implied inherent racism. And uh, I read this really great article um, in a... Um, it's the third time I've seen this article appear. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you get that, that element of mirrored development. Mm -hmm. um, it's the third time I've seen this article appear in the last two years. Um, and I've seen this article appear in different countries. And uh, I read the newspaper in different countries uh, because um, it helps me keep my languages fresh because I speak more than one language. Um, so I a a interesting article about how Europeans are don't bring your American woke over here. We don't want yeah. it. Yeah, that's I'm seeing that in a lot of countries now. And it's like it's and it's very true because uh, it always makes me wonder what is pushing this. Yeah. You know, because um, at my job I work at with a, a diverse group of people. And we all have the same opportunities. Yeah. Um, I have um, one of the highest positions at my job. Yeah. I, you know, um, but, um, and I'm, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a Heinz 57 dude. Nobody ever once made me feel like I couldn't, I couldn't accomplish anything in that company. And it was, yeah. you know, it was a great company to work for. Um, the, uh, um, you know, in gaming, I have my own role-playing game company. I have my, right. you know, blah, blah, blah. Not once did anybody ever put a barrier to entry. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, where is this coming from? Why is I, and why now? Because, I mean, there's the, the, we could talk about the larger issues of there's there's a power shift and and there's a, there's a group of people that have realized by calling everything racist that gives them the power to silence and the power to shut people down. I get a little more philosophical on this. I think this is coming out of, like, the postmodern movement and wanting nothing to be evil and nothing to be wrong and all things on the table. But D and D here's, here's where, you know, this guy's going to make a heyday, but in D and D there is evil. There's an alignment system, you know, and they've tried to get rid of that over the years and everything like that. But you know, you have to have heroes and villains to have heroes. You have to have villains to have good. You have to have evil. And, and if the, if, the, if there isn't good and evil, then the players are serial killers down in that dungeon, just wiping people out. There's a reason to wipe out that dungeon. And maybe, maybe if, if this is bothersome and bothersome topic to a lot of people, what you can start doing is, is showing yes, war dog studios, evil is evil. It is never going to go away unless you stick it in the throat with a short sword. <laughs> uh, then, then it's going to crawl, but you know, that's your, that's your player character job. So if you're having a problem with this, do, do a little, you know, and wall is great at this and building, you know, in the campaign that we do on Friday, shattered seas Wargate. Um, if you like the stream, like the show, hit the mash button, hit the like button, support this. If you like this conversation, we will come back and talk more like this, but you know, while you can talk about this is like building that reason why the, the why the why the guys and, and gals go down in there as clerics and wizards and tieflings and half elves and blah 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 and and have decided to overcome quote unquote their racism to to wipe out you know the lich down there because that dude's evil, he's doing evil shit, he's you know stealing the hearts out of the virgins and he's abducting the children and he's burning the crops with his orcs, and that guy needs to be croaked. And because and he's evil. If we go back several generations, um, we can look at Tolkien. 
and the dwarves and the elves were at animosity. They, they, they were at cross purposes constantly, but yet one of the greatest friendships in that story, I'm getting all goosebumps talking about it. Uh, one of the yeah. greatest friendships in that story was Legolas and Gimli. Yep. Yeah. That was you it. It's, and, and, and the book starts off with them having animosity and earning each other's respect by watching each one, each one's commitment to the fellowship, each one's prowess in combat, because both of them are total warriors. And then the, the, the peanut butter and chocolate moment is when they become a fighting team. And that's yeah. where Jackson, your, whatever criticism you have, and I like the trilogy, but when he shows them fighting as a team, and you know, like that, the plus oneing each other and things like that. <laughs> that is the goosebumps moment. Yeah. And every party, like the party that we were just doing with James M. Ward, uh, doing Crimson Hawk, uh, where we were actually delving down into his memories of Gary Gygax's original mega dungeon. It was really fun. As a party, we started off like really kind of like, like, like not necessarily like figuring out our attack plan. By the end of it, we were we were like a Cuisinart. We were running through stuff, you know, because we had learned to work together. So maybe let people be racist, let them play racism, let them have animosity, and then as they beat beat things, they begin to see the value. But don't don't hover over them and say, "Oh, that's a weird choice you made," you know, like or you know, you're if the character's from the ghetto. I can tell you that's probably, and, he, and he's willing to go down into the dungeon for the wizard for whatever reasons. That's the kind of character. And if you guys don't know, I write novels. That's the kind of character I write novels about. Walt writes novels about. Those are our experiences. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, none of us started with a silver spoon in our mouths, you know, and it's not to take away from, uh, you know, those that did, because, you know, I I've met some guys that, you know, uh, one of the, one of the coolest cats I ever met in the army, um, we found out that he needed to fight for his position to be there, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, one day we're 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 coming back from uh, school. We had to go to a um, we had to go to the local college to do a, a emergency lifesaver class. And I asked them. I said, I said, hey, what what's going on? Why should keep? Because we had pagers. Remember those things? <laughs> uh, I was like, hey, why is your pager going off? He goes, oh, I got another meeting with the battalion commander. And I'm like, oh crap, what did you do, dude? He goes, oh, you know, they, they um, it's a thing I got to do like every few months. They don't, um, they want to kick me out of the army. And I'm like, now this is a good soldier. He was a good right. cat, right? And we're like, we're all standing there like, why would they want to kick you out of the army? Dude, you made like, you made sergeant faster than like any of us. You, I mean, you, you're just a really good soldier. What, what the hell's going on? He goes, my family owns a cattle ranch. And I'm like, okay. He goes, uh, my net worth is somewhere around, I don't know, like 50, 60 million. He's like, and if you make more than that, like if you make more than like, uh, like a couple, like 50, 60,000 in a year from a side venture, even if you're not currently working the side venture, you still get like dividends. You can't work in the army unless you get like major, like people signing off on it. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you, so lunch is on you today, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, but I mean, but after that initial conversation, nobody gave a shit because yeah. he was a good dude. Yeah, exactly. You know, so that's that's the problem is that you have guys like this who, you know, you can tell from this article, you know, he's not a player. 
No, but he, he found somebody to draft on and give a hard time to. And He's like I said, it for today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and I just say like all of us have had a hard enough time with D and D going throughout the years. And it's hard enough, like as an adult to get to play D and D cause everybody has a wife and kids yeah. and a family or a husband and kids and a family and whatever. And, and so like, you know, I, I guess I would say in, if, if there's anything about 2021, 20, stop giving people shit. Life's hard enough. You know, yeah. as you talked about, your wife has, has just beat cancer. Um, 2020 was a hard year for you. You don't need shit like this. Yeah. Let people play D&D. If you don't oh, like yeah. they play, then maybe look at yourself and say, like, what am I seeing here? And, and maybe that's not everybody's experience. Because as we've just illustrated in that, and I think, you know, like, hey, if you have some comments in the chat or you want to email and give us your story, you want to continue this conversation, let us know and correct us if there's some problems. And I know there's horror stories. Yeah. But I know the problem is, is the horror stories are 1% and the 99% are the best Saturday of your life. Oh, get yeah. the real dice. Yeah. Well, on that, I'm going to have to shut the curtains because I got to go over to that camera over there. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're doing it again tomorrow. Uh, yep. Uh, you guys are heading north. <laughs> uh, we dropped a lot, a whole lot of maps uh, on everybody uh, this week, and uh, we set up the world anvil. So um, if you go to, uh, we'll be posting that link in the Facebook fan group so that you can go there. And there's an interactive map. You can kind of check out where the guys have been and where they're going. Um, uh, War Dog Studios saying, "Hey, good talk, y'all. Be safe and be warm." <laughs> yeah, I got a, I, I got a plethora of pets. They, they, they don't leave me alone for a minute. I got fur to burn. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time on uh, Sci-Fi Writers playing old school D and D.